0: This is Cambridge Judge Business School's Online Knowledge Centre, with expert commentary, analysis and insights into the issues of the day.
1: There's wide recognition that institutional contexts or backgrounds in foreign and emerging markets differ greatly to those of the advanced economies. Research, headed by Professor Peter Williamson, suggests how companies can enter these markets more successfully by taking into account various institutional contexts – social, political, economical, cultural and historical backgrounds. The paper, Adapting to Emerging Market Contexts, addresses the gap between the scholarship on the need to alter strategies and the practical difficulties encountered by companies in adjusting their approaches in those markets. Before explaining what companies could or should be doing, Professor Williamson outlined some of the... Professor Peter Williamson, thank you. Research findings.
0: I think we all know that we have to adapt to local conditions when we do things, but seemingly, especially in the early days of globalisation, people made amazing mistakes. For example, when Carrefour built its supermarkets in China, it put in French baguette bakeries. Uh, one of the most amazing ones was Walmart, and when it went in to open its first store in Mexico, all the electrical goods were 115 volts, neglecting the fact that Mexico uses 240, like Europe. We've moved away from those kind of simple mistakes these days. Most companies who are global have understood how they have to adapt to those kind of obvious things in a foreign market an emerging market. But it's moved to more difficult kinds of things that you have to adapt to, like the role of the judiciary or what intellectual property protection means or the fact that tax rates and tax policies might vary between provinces, as is in the case of China. So, now the question is, are companies really able to respond to, to those more difficult kinds of things that are hard to get your hands around, can't be measured quantitatively, but still are very important if we're going to be successful in adapting ourselves to the emerging market?
1: You say that there are well-developed tools and techniques that they can use to adapt to differences in markets. So why aren't they doing that? I mean, is this a failure or a refusal to to do the proper homework?
0: We do have quite well-developed tools and techniques to help us adapt to these emerging markets. But I think there are three reasons why companies often don't do it or find it difficult. The first is what I call unquestioned assumptions there's so many things we don't even occur to us that it might be different. It's just so much part of what we're used to. What's it mean when you write a contract? Is it enforceable? So we have to first really think about those unquestioned assumptions and make sure we don't Just assume that things are going to be like at home. The second reason why people often fail to adapt is is a rational one. It's the cost of adaptation. It's cheaper to do the same thing all over the world. But there comes a point that we have to ask ourselves, it might be cheaper, but is it actually going to work? So perhaps we have to carry the cost of the adaptation. And the third important reason why it's especially difficult for many Western firms to adapt to these emerging markets is that we have rules and requirements at home that actually prevent us from doing what the locals would do. And that's a difficult balance as to how to maintain adherence to the rules that we have at home and yet adapt to the foreign market. So I don't say it's easy. We have the tools, but there are these three reasons why companies often find it difficult to do it in practice.
1: You argue that more attention should be paid to players in emerging markets and the way they respond to change. Effectively, new opportunities or technical improvements. Now, what exactly do you have in mind?
0: Well, a lot of foreign firms come and say, look, we've got a better mousetrap. We've got a better way of handling contracts, handling intellectual property, handling disputes and so forth. And therefore, since we bring this better mousetrap, everyone must beat a path to our door and immediately say, yes, we'll adopt that. But of course, you have to take into account the context of these emerging markets and the fact that that better mouse trap might not be better in that context. Let me give you the example. Uh, Corporate reputation in China. A lot of companies are very concerned with corporate reputation, both uh, multinationals in China and increasingly Chinese companies. But what does corporate reputation mean in China? Well, Especially at the moment, the key things are your product quality, how you treat customers and the behavior of the senior management. who are often equated with the company because personalization is very important in China. So we come along and say we've got a governance system, a whistleblowing policy, a non-discrimination set of papers and procedures... And they say, that doesn't look like a better mousetrap to us in our context, because we're interested in product quality, how you treat customers, and the behavior of our senior management as the things which really affect corporate reputation. So what we have to think about is how to adapt that mousetrap to the complex context. It might change with the stage of development of the emerging market. It might be something to do with the culture and history of the emerging market. But we can't just say, we have a better way of handling things especially when we're talking about handling these differences like the way contracts work or intellectual property is protected or corporate reputation is built our better mousetrap might not be relevant to the context of these emerging markets
1: institutional contexts in emerging markets differ markedly in many ways is it possible to list them or to to identify them
0: they're not things that can be measured directly And so what we started to look at is can you measure them by looking at the way that players, companies or government regulators or our stakeholders in a particular country react to a certain kind of stimulus. So if I can use an analogy, it's a little bit of like shining a light onto something and measuring it by looking at the shadow. And that's what we were trying to do, to say we can't measure differences in institutional context directly, but we can see the impact they have on the way parties in this environment react to a particular stimulus. And the stimulus we looked at in the paper was the introduction of the Basel to banking requirements. So this was a new set of regulations that came out of the international community. And by looking at how different emerging markets reacted differently to the implementation of those new regulations, we could actually measure differences in the institutional context.
1: What you're effectively doing in the research is addressing the margin between scholarship and practical difficulties. It's common in emerging markets.
0: Yes. Rigorous scholarship and practical problems often don't sit easily together. I remember when I was first taught economics and they said, we have to start with a two-person, one good economy. Or we could actually take the opposite. We could have two goods and one person. Everything else had to be assumed away because otherwise the problem just became too enormous, too complex. So It's often very hard to get rigor and apply it to practical problems. That's what we've tried to do in this research and as I mentioned before the way we've tried to bridge that gap is actually to use a light, a stimulus, and look at the shadows to try to simplify all this complexity and see rather than trying to measure all the bits of this complex institutional context, to shine the light, look at the shadow, look at the result, and that's a lot easier and more tractable a problem. So it gives us the chance to still be rigorous and yet make some sensible suggestions to people who are dealing with the complex practical problems that we find in reality.
1: Matt, chief executive of the Bombay Stock Exchange is taking the title of group head business development for the Tata Group. He has massive knowledge of Asian emerging markets including China and will have responsibility for the group's expansion in emerging markets. Now, on the face of it, it's a very shrewd move. A major appointment of a player with Western and Eastern experience. You would approve of that?
0: I certainly would approve of appointing people that have both that Western and Eastern experience and can bridge the gap. But I think there's something even more interesting about Tata appointing uh, someone who ran the Bombay Stock Exchange, and that is he's bringing experience of this institutional culture, the way the... the processes of politics of law and so forth of culture work which all come together in a place like the stock exchange and he's bringing those things the problem of emerging markets and i think that's a good example of the move from adapting to simple things that we know how to measure like purchasing power or age of the the consumers to these more complicated things we have to adjust to like politics culture and the way laws or taxation works in a particular environment. I think you'll see more people being recruited because they have a background in how to manage and understand those institutional differences. Professor Peter Williamson, thank you. This programme was produced by the Cambridge Judge Business School as part of its online broadcast series.